Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello. Am I on? Am I on? <laughs> I'm, I'm not there. Um, I'm feeling a little discombobulated. I'm on the telephone um, on this Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend. And um, I got myself stuck in in Chicago by uh, virtue of our great airline system. So here I am, unable to get home, and uh, we thought we'd try to do the show this way. I hope it works. Um, and I think uh, you can still call. I'm operating at a somewhat disadvantage. I don't have any of my my usual stuff here nor my usual information and I'm sitting on the phone in Susan's living room and I just don't quite feel like I'm on the air. Susan, where are you? You're upstairs. I'm upstairs. Welcome to my life. Not as easy as it looks. (laughs) It's odd. It's really, really odd. So it's Tuesday and that means Susan's joining us and we're we're both here and I'm hoping to get back to Pittsburgh today but um, I don't know. It's uh, it's a little iffy uh, again. I hate traveling. I just friggin' hate traveling. I told myself I was not going to start the show with this rant about uh, what happened to me at O'Hare yesterday. But really, oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> because no one wants to hear it. I mean, but it. I, I mean, the way. People... Suffice it to say that a flight that she left at Madison, Wisconsin, in a car to drive timely to O'Hare, and then managed did so so timely that she got on an earlier flight. Standby, standby, right. miracle of miracles. I was going to be home even earlier. I was so excited, and well, they loaded us in, and then of course the jerking around began. Um, Something about the ramp has been closed. We're not able to load the suitcases or get fuel. Just be patient. Oh, and they always end each one of these things with thank you for your patience. And then, Like you have an effing choice. Like, everybody looks at each other like, patience? I'm trying to make a connecting flight here. Patience. I have a crying baby in my lap. Patience. And then it got more absurd. It just It was one thing after the other. All of a sudden, they couldn't fuel the plane because uh, uh, the weather that had gone through, they said, flooded the fuel tanks that they get the gas from, and they'd have to somehow, I don't, it made no sense to me. So we're still sitting there, and they're still jerking, jerking us around and saying, yes, we'll be we'll be leaving as soon as we get, I see them load the bags. The bags do go on. The baby behind me never shuts up. The, 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 the screaming is beyond belief. And then, and then, about 45 minutes later, I see them taking the bags off the plane, which is when I, it's the first time I've ever pressed that button, the, the stewardess, the, excuse me, excuse me, the flight attendant button. button. Doesn't it say stewardess still? I think, doesn't it still have a picture of a woman in a dress on it that looks like a stewardess? I'm trying to think. Anyway, I press the stewardess button, 
and um, flight attendant. The flight attendant button, and and uh, a, a nice man who not wearing a dress uh, immediately appeared, and I pointed out the window and I said, "They're taking the luggage off the plane." I would think that would mean we're about to be taken off the plane. He said, I cannot confirm anything. I don't know. I have not been told anything. But this is what they do. They don't even tell their, they don't tell their, it's just, I don't know. So, of course, yes, we were herded off. And then all these poor souls on a totally full plane go running all over O'Hare trying to get on another plane, which is already full. So, it's, I hate the airlines. And when I finally got there, they said the, they could get me out, what, 9.30 tonight, tonight, getting into Pittsburgh after midnight. And I said, no, can you connect, can we get, get me to another airline? No, we can't do that. So anyway, I'm having to eat the ticket. No, you aren't. You've got to cancel the ticket today and you'll get a voucher. And the next time you come and see me, you can use it. Yeah. Okay, they don't want to hear this. Anyway, I got to tell you, wow, I hate traveling. I really, 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 really do. And uh, and the silver lining, Lynn? Yeah. Oh, then I got to see you. <laughs> That's right. But we've just been together anyway. Well, you got to see my grandchildren. I did get to see your grandchildren. We had a nice dinner last night. Um, but whatever. So, guys, I'm not there. And I have, uh, and she's not happy about it, believe me. And I'm not also um, as, you know, on top of news events because I, I was a, it was a very busy weekend. Um, and I, I'm just sort of, so, so anyway, we, we caught up a little bit and I'm not sure what all you guys are into uh, talking about. Um, one, th- well, no, uh, there are two little bits that crossed my eye, and I'm not sure I'm going to attribute them to the right newspaper. But yesterday, I think this one is the New York Times, there was a piece that was generating a lot of anger on uh, Twitter, of course, that it, it was about Hope Hicks. Do we remember Hope Hicks? I remember Hope Hicks. The lovely the lovely blonde. The beautiful blonde who was right hand woman to Trump who who uh left um and is now under subpoena by one of the congressional committees. I don't know which one. And it's unclear whether Hope, who did get quoted quite often in the Mueller report. Uh, if Hope was going to show up uh, to answer her subpoena. And and what the Times had done was a photo shoot. They they had a picture of her that is the kind of photo shoot you do for the fashion magazine. And it had her sort of looking down and looking, looking, uh, I don't know, contemplative, I guess, and, and like she had a bit of a problem. And the headline was something about Hope Hicks' existential dilemma. To testify or not. And I don't know. Is she a patriot or isn't she? It, Twitter went nuts. They said, first of all, what? 
If I get a subpoena, it's not an existential problem. It is you show up or go to jail. Show up or go to jail. And nobody comes and sends out, you know, uh, whatever her name. By is, the way, Annie this is optional. No, Annie Leibovitz to take her picture. To take your picture, and do this. And and somebody said, "This is what our great newspapers. This is how they cover." Are you kidding me? And I I felt the same way. We are. What is wrong with them? Because she's a beautiful woman. They decide to play it like that. Now, if I'm incorrect, because I never read the article, let me know. Then, today, I wake up to the Washington Post doing a similar thing. They've got some sexy layout with none other than the president's former, whatever he was, George Papadopoulos. Oh, yeah, right. And his gorgeous blonde wife. And they're like, they're like... Uh, uh, like riding the top of the of the A-list uh, in Hollywood, right? And it says something like George Papadopoulos's sexy new life in Hollywood. This is a guy who how did what did he get? I mean, he was convicted, wasn't right. he? He was found guilty of something, and now he's being given the treatment that our media give disgraced. People, criminals, because it doesn't matter. Celebrity is celebrity. I got to tell you, it those two stories from the two supposedly great liberal newspapers, Washington Post, New York Times, making Papadopoulos and Hope Hicks into, yeah, people that we're supposed to somehow look up to, envy their beauty, their lives. I, I, See, I didn't read that because the picture turned me off so much. Yeah, I didn't read it. Well, Did I you read it? No. Well, I see. I, don't we wonder what that article was actually? No, about? I don't. You can read it. I'm not okay, going well, to talk among yourselves. But they were. They were. I mean, they're a good-looking couple. Oh yeah, they certainly are. Yeah, and so this is what American media do. Never mind that both Hicks and Papadopoulos are are totally. Uh, I mean, part of the the ugly spider's web of despicable corruption um, that is this current administration, and so involved that yeah, we get subpoenas, get uh, get interviewed by uh, Mueller's investigators, uh, get found guilty or plead guilty, not quite remembering Papadopoulos' end in that regard. And what happens to them? What happens to a normal person who gets, yeah, but Papadopoulos, just some low-level jerk, is now living the high life in Hollywood. It makes me puke. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I did also see that a breaking news story. um, He's running for Congress, by the way. Oh, man. I did see um, some breaking news. There's a lot of breaking news because the Supreme Court has um, has signed off on a, a lot of cases that were, were uh, petitioning to be heard by the court. And um, Susan will talk about one in a second because she told me about it. But th- this one is out of Pennsylvania. And I didn't, I, I couldn't see what, 
school district it was. It could well be um, a Pittsburgh area school district because I know this was a huge issue. I just didn't know that this had gotten that far. And it has to do with uh, high school transgender kids and bathrooms, this big, big issue. And the Supreme Court of the United States of America uh, held, uh, essentially by not taking the case from the lower court, upheld the lower court's ruling, which was a kid can use whatever bathroom they feel comfortable in. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, yeah, that was a win. That's a that win. Was, that was a win for transgender rights coming out of the, the Roberts Court, the Supreme Court. That is, you see, I mean, I, okay. So that's interesting. I, I hope that, I'm not. I hope I didn't. You know, I'm just going by what's crawling on your I, I quiet know what's television. Crawling on my quiet television. Well, I'm just, um, I'm uh, not so thrilled of the with with the thing about the Indiana abortion case. That yeah. in some respects it's it's great because they upheld the portion of the lower court decision that's that um that invalidated the attempt to take away the woman's right to choose on the grounds on any grounds. I mean they just said you you can't do that. And you know, and and the case was brought by someone with a severely disabled child that was that was you know wanting to not have to deal with that, and uh, and they and this law would have made it in you know made it inappropriate for her to seek an abortion. It also made it inappropriate to seek an abortion on the issue of gender, which they throw in there so that you don't see the well, not not inappropriate, Ill, illegal. I mean, you could not. Their law was, you cannot have an abortion because your the 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 baby you carry is dis- is is the wrong is not a gender that you prefer. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's despicable to have an abortion. On well, of course gender. it is, but of course it is. But um, you know, there are times when you do make those decisions. And let me posit a situation with you: a woman that's undergoing fertility treatments. They implant many eggs. They never expect them all to grow, but sometimes they do. At that point, the parent has to decide whether they're going to let all of those uh, embryos continue to grow, or whether they will select. And they, and they select. Eggs. Well, they might. You don't know what goes into that selection. A lot of people don't because they can't. They just can't make that decision. They've tried so hard to get pregnant, they can't. But this is precisely why these are not issues that any of us get to weigh in on. So the good news is that the Indiana Indiana's attempt to place legislation on an Indiana woman's right to an abortion were were thrown out. That part of the law was thrown out. But here's the part that wasn't. If you any surgical remains of abortions or i and i haven't read the law but i'm i i'm fearful that it's also like after a miscarriage um that that has to be disposed of not as surgical waste but <clears throat> has to be buried or it has to be buried or cremated so any um so I mean, it, wait a minute, wait a minute. it treats it like a human but wait a minute wait a minute so you, we don't know if this is – this doesn't deal with first trimester abortions. I can't imagine. Yes, it does. It Andy, search any fetal remains 
have to be either cremated or buried. I assure you that, you know, they're just going to... Well, who's... I mean... They have to... You mean when a woman has an abortion? They're going to hand her a little baggie. Of of uh, and, I, and well, anyone that's had a miscarriage, because this is my question: Does it apply to miscarriages? What happens if you miscarry at home? You know, which I did. Am I supposed to? You know, yeah. I, I mean, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, it mandates the burial of fetal tissue, which I which so muddies the waters. It's a deliberate attempt to muddy the waters. So what I was initially happy about that they aren't screwing with a woman's constitutional right to an abortion, but they're still screwing with her head. Uh, yeah. Um, they're also, I mean, we got to see. We're, we're talking without seeing exactly what the court said. Right. Okay. And, 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 yeah, they did say that fetal tissue be disposed of by burial. That law will go into effect. In Indiana. In Indiana, these are unsigned. Uh, indications are that Justices Ginsburg and Sotomayor, um, okay, I, I, never mind. I was trying to read. But so, okay, these things are going to be coming down fast and furious, uh, uh, apparently. Uh, oh, God. They're waiting. The court is waiting for the the law, the case that they think will allow them to start very carefully taking away a woman's right. Right, disemboweling. Right. They're going to do All it right. by just waiting for the right case. That won't be this idiot case out of whatever idiots do at Alabama or Georgia who can keep them straight. Um, you know, the one essentially outlawing any abortion. Um Oh, geez. National Weather Service warns of severe weather. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Well, um, eventually I'm going to have to change your sheets. <laughs> hey, I just got a text from our brother. Yeah. I had sent him a picture of me and my ex-husband. One of the things that happened this weekend for me is I ended up in my old home of Madison, Wisconsin, where my ex still lives. And so um, I was there for a family wedding, but I made a point of getting together with him, which was really delightful and interesting. I met his uh, two daughters. And and let me just, in an editorial interjection, say that that set the gathered family a Twitter, so to speak. Yeah, oh, well, yes. screw him. I mean, um, <laughs> so... Uh, I, I, our brother missed um, this family event, and so I had sent him some pictures, including a picture of me with my ex, who had, I met my ex through my brother. They were both uh, doctoral students at Yale together, and when I was visiting my brother, I met the guy who gave me my name, Cullen. So um, I sent Bill a picture of me and Cullen, um, from this weekend, and Bill just just now sent me back a response saying this, hate to admit it, but the two of you make a beautiful couple. <laughs> 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 oh, 
God, life is funny. But you know what? That makes me want to talk about something. Uh, because in talking to, his name is Lee, Lee Cullen, in talking to him, it just blew my mind how much he did not remember, you know? And things that were like strong memories to, of mine uh, didn't even register in his head. And it occurred to me that all of us, as we live our lives, you know, we could be living with the same person experiencing the same events, but what sticks in our heads in the long run might be such totally different things that we pull out and others just disappear. I mean, it was bizarre. As I drove into Madison, uh, driving across one of its beautiful lakes, I thought, oh, my God, I wonder if that house we lived in for a little while is still there. It was this wonderful old creaky house that fronted on one of the lakes. And I turned uh, my head to see, and I, it, it was. I'm sure I saw it. And one of the things I said to him is I said, that incredible house that we lived on that was on that little inlet from one of the – I said, it's still there. And he had this quizzical look on his face. He, he he forgot a whole house. Kinda, he forgot. He, he I finally got. He understood what house I was talking about. But get this, he didn't remember living there with me. <laughs> he got his girls mixed. No, up. it wasn't girls. He came up with a guy. He said, "Yeah, I think didn't I?" He said, "Didn't well? Did we live in that house with Kenny Goldberg?" I said, "What? No." So he sort of. How many Kenny Goldbergs are in the world? Because I know one. Really? Yeah. There are a lot of them. Um, But anyway, so I mean, just things like that. And then he decided that our old dog, the one who bit a relative, um, and was sent off to live on a farm in exile, he um, he said, "Well, that dog ended up with my mom." He says of his mother. I said, "What?" Impossible. So, I mean, this, and, and it is impossible. That dog lived out its life on a farm in Stoughton, Wisconsin. The, and, and he thinks that dog ended up with his mother in New Jersey or something. I, don't, I mean, it just, this is how odd. And then I'm thinking, is he right? Am I right? I'm sure I'm right. But why does memory, why, are mem- why yeah. do we remember what we remember? And so many of our memories are totally... Totally false. False. Yeah, just false. But we see. Which is, which is, you know, which is something that uh, we need to remember because a lot of these, uh, not to change the subject, but an application thereof, is a lot of this recovered memory stuff. And there's no way of proving whether those recovered memories, which someone can fervently believe, are real. Are real or not? Right. Or involving the right people. You know, your brain That's can true. have the memory and substitute a safer uh, villain than the actual one. That's true. And that happens all the time. Wow. And and it's really scary when you think that people go to jail on recovered memories. Yes, they do. Even if they, I mean, it's just scary. 
I mean, if they could, sometimes a recovered memory, I suppose you could look for witnesses or uh, You have to figure out another way, you know, or, or you know, it's enough recovered memories from multiple unlocated, you know, un, unrelated locations regarding the same individual. Um, a case of that actually just happened. Uh, um, and another uh, case of a uh, Catholic school where a counselor from the 70s was accused, and um, and and the con- one of the conditions of a settlement with the school, which was two blocks away from my house in uh, St. Louis, was uh, that they send a letter to everyone that this person who was a counselor. Right. might have come in contact with to see what happened. And what happened is a flood yeah. of letters. Other memories. Right. And 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 also involving other people. You know, so but so when you get that kind of collaborative evidence, then you can begin to have a you know, a good case against someone. But one on one, I think it's such a dangerous thing, even if it's real. And 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 the victim of the trauma uh, if they're telling the truth, you know, is twice traumatized. Well, that's true. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, you well, even if they, not if they're telling the truth because they are telling the truth. If the memory is truthful, right, and, and that's the it, issue. It, yeah, and that's because the issue. Them, it's the truth. But so I'm thinking a lot of. Uh, none of us are immune from this. I mean, I, I, I assume no, a lot of us yeah. are walking around telling the same stories over and over again, and they might be not quite right, but there are stories. And so I think we sort of write them any I, – I don't know. It's so strange. I mean, to you – know, it's it's really interesting. It's not unlike, right, Um you know, eyewitness uh, testimonies in in defense trials. Now that's not memory; that's immediate thing where someone right. is immediately called in. What did you see? What happened? Right. And, and I'll million- tell you something. I, you know, when years ago, when Eric and <laughs> I and a good friend of ours, the two of them psychoanalysts, me, you know, just me, um, are walking out of a restaurant uh, and I see a guy uh, approaching us with a large handgun. Now I had him in my sights long before they did. They never knew he was there. I yelled out, watch out. There's a guy with a gun. And I took off at a run and rolled under our car. Um, uh, Long story short, I come up. It's sort of a good story. I'll tell it. I come up (laughs) and, and I, and I, yeah, but we don't know if it's, no, it actually is true. It is, right. it is yeah, true because yeah, yeah. I had uh, I, I know, had I three eyewitnesses I to know. this one. I, know. I come up to find my husband sitting behind the wheel with a very large silver pistol pressed against his temple, and my friend in the back seat, and my husband, the psychoanalyst, is talking this guy through how to rob him. <laughs> and um, and I realized that I had been under the car putting my putting my wedding ring under the car, and then I came up with my purse because I I realized that I probably had all the cash. So I came up and I pulled all the cash, which was a a big wad, but it was mostly ones. But I was I folded a twenty and I pull it over. And I said, "Here, take this." So he hands him that, and then he sees. You know, he, he he just keeps asking for more, and and then he sees our friend dripping in gold. Uh, she was a, she's Egyptian, dripping in gold necklaces all up and down the front of her, and he wants that stuff. And Eric says, Eric gives him his watch, and he says, "That's enough now. You know, you just go home. Just go home. That's enough now." 
and and turn and and I thought this guy is on something, and I thought maybe he'll listen to his mother's voice. And I said, "You just turn around and go home now." And it was like he was a little robot. He turned around and walked away. Um, and Eric throws the car into reverse. I said, wait, wait. I, and I get under the car and I get my wedding rings. I say, show him my wedding rings. And he starts laughing. He was sitting on his. So that's the cute little story. We survived. But here's the point. The three of us talking to the police described three different men. There you go. Three totally different men wearing three different totally things of three totally different heights. Are you kidding, really? All Honest three, to God. I don't think they really ever, they only saw him from a sitting position inside the car. Right, right. I saw him in, coming towards us, yeah. so I think I know. I think mine was the proper description. Well, but, you know. right. but there were so, think of all the people, because juries will always go with an eyewitness description. It, well, if the guy was seen by this person, I mean, they're totally, uh, you know, he got caught. That's it. There, you know how many people are in jail, maybe for life, or have had their lives taken from them because of an eyewitness. erroneous eyewitness account, and the eyewitness being absolutely certain. Um, I know women who have um, sent men to jail for rape uh, based on eyewitness accounts, who and it's later found through DNA that they were wrong. They were wrong. And so for now, those women, yeah, and terrible. for its hell, though that is not an unusual occurrence. So, geez, our memories, our eyes, don't believe any of them. I don't know. It's really something. We are unreliable, <laughs> I think. Or we're we're too busy, what? Um, well, man, what manufacturing I think a reality that yeah, it makes it, us comfortable. It's more palatable to us. Right, and you would think that it was highly unusual yeah. that yeah. we would put anything bad in our memory banks if, it's, if that's not the case. But when I look back at what I remember, what I do remember is not happy times. They sort of all blend together unless it was a particularly happy time. Traumatic times, But only the trauma is what right. I remember. Right, Yeah, well, those, yes, stick. Although... I don't know. I don't know. Fascinating. So there was a lot of memory uh, stuff this weekend, and and then the horror, the horror of O'Hare. You know, I was as I was snaking through a million uh, of those lines yesterday at the airport. I got myself involved in three. I'm. I, I would look at the people and and how. We agree. I mean, it's interesting how we allow ourselves to be treated <laughs> like, I mean, to be herded in. You like, consent to this terrible treatment. <clears throat> well, you yes, you, you do. Don't have or a choice. You have no choice. You can walk. So, <clears throat> it's like, um, you know, sheep to the slaughter. Where you're herded into, uh, you know, patents. And um, and and we do it docilely, and um, well, because you'll be punished if you don't. That is true. Uh, and and there are dog. There were dogs around. There were a few very surly uh, security people. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, my throat's not good today. And 
I um I I was sort of just enthralled with the whole thing. Uh enthralled until of course I got herded off a plane I'd already spent over an hour uncomfortably on. Um and they just tell you that's it and it's interesting, they say flight's been cancelled. Get off. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. Oh my God. And you know, if Susan didn't live here, what would I have done? You would have gone across the street to a hotel. I don't know that they were if it's weather related, do they put you up? Not necessarily. No, but, they don't. But Lynn, honestly. What if people don't have I'm thinking of a poor night, young couple. They spend the night at the hotel. I I I kept thinking about that poor young mother who had had to be the young mother on the flight with a screaming baby. Did you? You should have asked her if she had a place to go and brought her over to my house, for heaven's sake. Hey, Susan, (laughs) it's everyone for themselves at that point. Are you kidding I listen. If you did that, I could be that like that little town in Newfoundland, and they'd write a musical about. Yeah, where we took in all these. Yeah, people. it was just sad. You see, some people looking so bewildered. Some people, and you know, some people. Who knows what they, what they were going to, where they had to get, what what was happening in their lives the next day, because they could not get out. It it was something. It, and I know it happens all the time, but. The 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 airlines' absolute refusal to um, own it more than they do, and to treat you as a be- the beleaguered, homeless soul you are at that time is really, I don't know. I wish I could just drive everywhere. Well, you I'm know, going. It, and increasingly, it, I'm going to in a sim- in a, in a in a society that is not. So completely an oligarchy, we had regulations like we used to have mm-hmm. that protected the consumer against the tyranny of these monopolies. Of these monopolies, it is essentially a monopoly. I'm sorry, you tried getting from Pittsburgh anywhere around here on anything other than uh, what United or American. Uh, I hate them both. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Anyway, um, no one wants to hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I. I. I don't have my usual um, uh, whatever mojo I bring into a studio because I'm sitting in Susan's lovely living room and I just feel like I'm. I. It's odd. <laughs> I don't <laughs> well, feel like you I'm know, on the air. A, it's a different skill. Duh. Uh, well, now you'll not, appreciate my ability to rant while sitting on my couch. <laughs> I guess, but it, but that's reality. You know, I mean, I, I, that's how you've always done it. I, on the other hand, have never done it in such cushy comfort. Um, well, I'm sorry. I, you want me to go and stick some nails on the couch? <laughs> that might help. This I don't is, know. Uh, you know, we could have canceled. But we right. didn't. This is because of you, our dear listeners, that you are roughing it thusly. Yeah, well, I don't think they really give a damn. Anybody out there? Anybody calling? Anybody? Anybody want to help us? No, it's okay. I, I just, <laughs> I just, oh, man. Well, you know, okay, okay I got some. 
Well, it's depressing again. But no, don't. Well, no, well, it's just about how it's. Can I just say that I am so tired of the ignorance that Americans so routinely display that when they see a rather kindly Sikh man with a long gray beard in a turban, all they can think of is to torture and humiliate him. Why, when's the latest one? Well, he was a bus driver in Maryland. And in his prior life, he was a music teacher, a performing musician, and he still sings at the Golden Temple, uh, the Sikh Golden Temple. And he got a job uh, when he he came here in, in 99, um, as a school bus teacher, and he was just thrilled because he thought he would have the opportunity to begin and end these children's days, you know, in, in his peaceful and happy Sikh manner. And instead, the students were afraid to get on the bus. They thought he was going to blow them up. Um, they uh, called him Osama bin Laden. He was routinely humiliated at the bus terminal, you know, and everybody, you know, made fun of him. And and if he didn't take it well, they told him he needed to get a sense of humor, and he complained many times. You know, all this sort of stuff. He finally, after all these years, is suing them. But what is it about Americans that... It's not just Americans, because you see, you see that kind of xenophobia, ethnic terror, and, you know, it's all, you can see it everywhere. It's humans. Don't you think? Yeah. But I would, I mean, we've got to start looking at each other again. Hey, Susan. Yeah. I'm being told we have a caller. Oh, oh boy. Cool. Three of us on the phone. Let's do it. Go ahead. Hey, I'm calling just to see if it works. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It does. Bravo. I'm enjoying the show. I'll let you go. But yay, it works. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Test. Test. Bye. Bye. That's great. I <laughs> was three girls. Let's try for more. Come on, somebody call. Hey, Nate, I'm just Lynn. This is <clears throat> this is about to imperil your sick days. I just want you to know. <laughs> oh, that I can do the show from anywhere. Well, that's good. I guess that's good to know in many ways. Um, what else? I, I, you know, a few things that I noticed just trying to catch up on the horror of the news. Um, there was a time. When if a president of the United States was overseas and in any way uh, dissed a fellow American politician or sided against an American with a foreign head of state, it was considered absolutely an outrage. I mean, all hell would break loose. And here you had Trump the other day in where the hell was he? Japan. And actually saying, first of all, praising the North Korean murderous dictator while he's next to the head of Japan who, you know, the Japanese people can't sleep that well at night because of the murderous Kim Jong-un who's been putting more missiles into the sky. And there's Trump who just flat out says, doesn't bother me at all. No problem. Blah, blah, blah. He's a good man. Whatever praise he heaped on him, I don't know. And then somebody mentions how 
he, uh, Kim Jong-un, his great friend, had uh, said that Joe Biden had a low IQ. And Trump said, I agree with him. I mean, isn't that the kind of thing that before would have made people insane? Yes. Insane, but not any more. He literally praises murderous dictators who threaten to annihilate our country and sides with them against a man who was the vice president of our country. But but this is <laughs> an outrage. Well, it is an outrage, but, I mean, it's a daily outrage. Well, that's the problem because he, we all – he gets he can just keep doing it because we say well that's what he does and this is what he's done to us the we 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 are raged out we don't even react anymore because we found what's the point anyway we have another caller caller go ahead hi susan it's roger how are you doing i'm doing fine Hey, Roger, you don't say hi to me. You didn't say hi again on time. He said hi, Lynn and Susan. Oh, I didn't hear it. Hi, Roger. Yeah, there there was a beat. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, I'm sorry. I accused you wrongly. You you sound different today, Lynn. I can't tell. Sometimes I can't tell the difference between the two of you today, and you're in different locations. Well, we're in different. You mean our voices? You're not sure which one's talking? Yeah, it's like, who's that other woman? And that, oh, that's Lynn. Okay, I recognize Susan. I don't recognize Lynn today. But So my voice on the phone is different than my voice in studio, which is why I, I say so. I, I'm out of my, I don't feel like I'm on. So this is what yeah. I sound like on the phone as opposed to doing a show. Yeah, you, you definitely sound like on the studio where you sound in person. But it's okay. This is a great conversation. Um <laughs> Oh, anyway, it's, it's, it's entertaining um, and good. Um, you're talking about the bus driver. Um, it just kind of like made me think back about my weekend. I was like in central Virginia this weekend, and I swear they're still fighting the Civil War down there. Yeah. Um, yep. It's depre- it's depressing when you go to places like yep. that. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, it's they're all patriotic waving their flags and their camo gear and stuff like that. And, um, and they way held the signs up over bridges. You know, it's more Memorial day saying God bless America again. And I'm just like, where did the again come from? I think we know, but, um, you know, I'm walking in Walmart because that's the only damn store a million miles. <laughs> and the guy, <laughs> And a guy has a shirt on the back, and it shows the stars and bars. And if you're offended by this, and underneath it, if you're offended by this flag, then you need a history lesson. Oh, dear God. I don't need a history lesson, I think. You need a history lesson. God. Uh, And on the way to the the house we're going to, um, you make a corner, and there's this big, huge house, and it is just covered in... Trump flags and stickers and Hillary to prison, Benghazi, Benghazi, never forget. I mean, it's like, it's everywhere. It's like, that's what, and he lives there. And, I, and I'm talking to my relatives who are, one's a retired um, astrophysicist, and he just rolls his eyes. And he's like, yep, that's the country, I, the place I'm living right now. Like, and I'm just, 
Yeah, and we're in, hear about the fight scary. on climate change. Uh-huh. What? Climate change? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, Trump was attacking climate change, you know, and it's yeah, again. yeah, yeah, big time. What reality are people living in? I mean, I don't, I well, mean, this is, goes back to my thing about memory. I think uh, clearly we're learning people live wherever they're comfortable, even if they have to create, a, you know, a, a different reality. They don't want climate change, so it doesn't exist. I think. Yeah, that's, that's I think. sort of the way it it works. I, I it it really is scary as holy hell. On the other hand, I do want to inject this one thing. At this wedding this this weekend, I spent some time with one of the um actually the father of the bride who I I know is a Trump voter. Yep. Who I want to say unequivocally I adore this man. I I found myself. I we, I danced with him. We laughed. I hugged him. I kissed him a number of times because he's just so wonderful. <laughs> and I couldn't even if I ever. I was just dealing with him, who I know. Our interactions are. I just adore him. But I know he voted for Trump. He's no idiot. But what he is. Uh, he's a banker. He's a banker. He's a high up, up, up in a bank, a big bank. And that's, I guess, just for whatever. But I don't talk to him about it. I can't. But the the, the, the tendency we have to truly villainize Trump voters is not good and not helpful because, frankly, I'm willing to bet most of us do love one or two or three or four. And and we need to hang on to those human connections, or we're in big trouble. Don't you think? I do think. I, yeah, yeah. But Roger doesn't. <laughs> hey, Roger. I I, I I I do think so. But here's the thing, and this is what I get back to: <laughs> these these Trump supporters and and these fundamentalist Christians and everything, is that is that if their children spoke like our president does, they'd be. Turning them over right. and he's spanking them. That is inappropriate to talk about people the way they do. And, you know, it's like, why is it okay to have a, a, a pre-adolescent mentality in the White House? Why is that acceptable to these intelligent, smart people that we love? That's, that, I, it blows my mind, and it's depressing as hell. Well, they made a, they made a deal with the devil, and that's it. They, they, they can, they'll contort themselves every which way to give – give him a pass. Hey, Roger, guess what? I have to say thank you for calling and goodbye, but we have another caller waiting. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. And uh, hello, caller, whoever you are. Hello? Maybe they hung up. Caller, you there? They must have hung up. Got too sick of waiting. Yeah. Uh, well, call back. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, you know. yeah. And Amy is saying they call. They hung up. Okay. okay. That's okay. Um, well, the good news is, is that yeah, we were able to do this, and and uh, it does work. So. Yeah, it absolutely works. So, in other words, I can be someplace else, maybe. <laughs> They'll I, just have to get used to your voice in a slightly in, more and more informal you. Well, but you'll get you'll get your rant on. I mean, you'll just get used to it. 
And you'll yeah. have and you'll have your stuff in front of you if this happens, right? Because I don't got no stuff, and I I just got some yogurt and bananas in front of me. <laughs> That's all I got. And every once in a while, I look up at the TV, and now they're talking about Michael Avenatti. What? Uh, he's going to jail for the rest of his life. What a piece of work, huh? Ah. Shows you what a pretty face and a smart mind can do when they're used for ill. Well, he was a yeah, God, God, geez. Well, it's not surprising because he always had that uh, that sleazy, slimy quality. We just liked him because he was so wonderful uh, against Trump. And uh, but he he stole from uh, from uh, from what's her name? Yeah, from Stormy Daniel. Stormy. Yeah, you me that all seemed so long ago. I couldn't even think of her name. You know that woman? She was a porn. Do you think in thirty years? I mean, twenty years. Well, I will even be here. But do you think you can? Will remember? Think of all the these names we now know that we won't have a clue. We won't have a clue. No, who they are? It'll be like a vague, vague memory. But well, I don't know. Stormy Daniels might remain in our memory banks. Maybe we have a caller. Let's try to get a get him on. Hello. Hey, hey, Lynn. Hey, Susan. Yeah. It's Mike in DC. Hi, Hi Mike. Mike. Welcome to working remotely, Lynn. This is, a, <laughs> <laughs> this this is, is new weird. Day. This is weird, right? Yeah. Sometimes I pace around the room. It makes it a little easier to gather my thoughts as opposed to just sitting in one place. Ah, okay. Um, right. You could yeah, move. This is, yeah. Yeah. This is the new mode of employment. I got a new job. Oh, good. And the, and the job is 100% remote. Half wow. of the team is in the National Capital Region. Half is in Florida. One guy's in Oklahoma. And we have meetings just like we're doing now. And um, we have to put the phone on mute. So if your dog is barking right. or the phone, other phone makes a noise and everybody hears it, right. but, um, it's the wave of the future. Companies do not want to pay for you to have a studio or for me to have an office. And I start at eight. So I get up at seven 45. I'm done at four 30 <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, it is the and wave it- of the future. Yeah, but you know, think of the think of the down. Okay, I see for them why they like it and why people might even like it. But think of the social interaction missing. Yeah. Think of the you don't mind that you, you say only you care. An, only an extrovert would say that. Introverts say, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to make huh. a chat with people. I don't really know okay. or like. But Susan also was pointing out a story to me uh, earlier today about Google. Um, and this, this, you know, you're a contract player, and so you're used to this kind of thing, but how most of the people who work for Google are contractors. They are not employees. 121,000 contract employees as opposed to 102 actual employees. employees. And, of course, the contract employees do not enjoy uh, the same wages. They're paid in a lower tier. They don't have the same, obviously, protections. Um, all of this stuff, and then increasingly, this is what corporations are doing. And 
I was I, I mentioned I think last week that I happened upon a picket line in front of the Duquesne Club and joined it for a while and it was the electrical workers and they were screaming about the two tier system that um Wabco was putting on their employees. So they would have one system, one, the people in the union that were higher paid, but anybody being hired now under the new contract they want would be at a lower level, would never rise to where the other ones were being grandfathered, you know, just sort of. And it creates a two-tier system. This is what Google does with their contractors and regular employees. And it creates what essentially is a caste system with haves and have-nots doing the exact same work. And can you imagine the tension that they have? None of the protections. Well, there have to be – there are some legal caveats. I'm not the attorney on the phone call, but there are some caveats, particularly if you work for the government. It has to be a specific task. It can't be overarching, we'll do all of this. It has to be – there are some parameters of well, who that's can be for the government, though. Can, that, yeah, yeah, but right, nobody's but, riding herd on Google the, and, and Amazon and, and, and actually, any the, the actual employees during a walkout where they were addressing sexual harassment issues threw this in that half of the, you know that half, their teams can disappear and they are they are working side by side with valuable people that are treated like second class citizens to the point that if one of them, a woman, complains that her manager is coming on to her, he just tells the temp agency to get rid of her if he wants. That's right, and that's the way that goes. So anyway, I, you know, well, I'm glad for you introverts that you can work in your pajamas, wandering around barefoot. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not shaven. I am so impressed that you have a work ethic yeah. that enables you to sit at home and get work done. I watch my son do that, and I think, how do you do that? I'd be watching TV and Me making too. a bubble bath. Me too. See, I couldn't either. It's why I need to have to get up, take the bus, go downtown, and sit in that room and do the show. Because left to my own devices, I don't know that I'd get out of bed. You get sort of into a rhythm. Like I have, I have all these new terms to mention, and so I put them all on index cards. And um, on the back, I say what the, what the acronyms are. Um, so I do it the first thing in the morning and I do it before I go to bed. So last night I'm laying in bed going through my index cards. You just get into a rhythm of what's on my to-do list today, check them off. Um, I don't have a problem with it. And that was actually an interview question before. Have you done this before? And do you, are you self-motivated? And I am self-motivated. Well, you'd have to be, Um, right? Right. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm the person. What motivates me is a deadline. So I'm the person, you know, uh, doing my homework or studying for the test, you know, the night before doing. I never understand how people can do anything in, in advance. In advance, and what she is is me quadrupled because she's actually not as lazy, and I view myself as being lazy. I don't know. So I'm a lazy procrastinator. Oh, man. But you know what helps me is pressure. So if I wait long enough, the pressure's on. Then I perform. I need, yeah, fear. <laughs> well, there is. there are some professions that rem- working remotely is going to be impossible. 
There's yeah. no way around that. Um, but for a lot of jobs, this is the future. I know. The future is us not having a car, and our future is sitting at home on your couch, calling into the Lynn Cullen show. One in you know, one in Chicago, one in Pittsburgh. That's the future. We can embrace it, or we can say, no, no, I want a cube, and no, no, where's my coffee break? But I don't think that's the way it's going. I could tell from the way you presented that that that, <laughs> was, <laughs> that, that was what you were saying. No, I can, <laughs> I can see it, too, and I have to say that it, it does. For I mean, I, 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 this is clearly a generational thing because yeah. along with this comes the awesome ability of being in control of your life. Mm-hmm. And an employer that doesn't really care how right. you use your time as long as – what they need from you gets done and if what they can what they need from you and they think should take 3 weeks takes you 3 days and you want to play the rest of the time well you know i it's or you want to take care of your kids or you want to you know do something with the school you can do that yeah and that's really hard for the managers who confuse supervision with warden because mm-hmm. i've had managers where they were looking at their watch and were you there at 8 o'clock check did you leave it for check? Um, and that was their thing. They managed your time because managing your morale, your willingness to work hard, your willingness to be on task, your willingness to complete difficult assignments is much harder than looking at your clock and saying it was 8.01 and you were tardy. Right. So managers also have to get up to speed and be much better than the managers who think they're really wardens. Right. Right, because because the whole idea is that you're uh, this is just about the work, yeah, and the work being done in a timely fashion, and beyond that, uh, they don't have any real control. You can you can clock in at eight oh one and still not be there. Yeah, and I did for horrible managers. <laughs> I would. I, <laughs> this is terrible. But I wrote how much I made per minute on a post-it, and I put it on my I put it on my cube and I was my goal at that horrible job to waste as many one of those minutes as possible <laughs> so I was there at eight and I left at four but I'd go to the bathroom and I would you know as many moments as I could I would waste so, so it's, this it's is, a, I, I, just to be sure this is another government contract you're working on correct yes okay yeah so once you get into like government contract work is that pretty much then you're in that bubble or or you prefer it or whatever um once you have your clearance your secret or top secret clearance Mm -hmm. saying goodbye to that which you can seems sort of like saying goodbye to a graduate degree Uh it's like it's part of my cachet why throw that away and unlike jared um and (laughs) yeah I earned mine, exactly. And it was not easy, and I don't want to give it up. Uh, I was just going to say, don't piss off a certain president, and you're in good shape. No, I'm so down down the food chain. I'm so down the food chain. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. He doesn't care about that. Haven't you noticed? That's true. My name is Stan, and I'm calling from Virginia. Right. Your name is Stan, and you're calling from Virginia. Right. Okay, you guys, I'm looking at a clock, and I happen to know that we 
done it. We did it. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you all for your help. Mike, thank you for calling. It's always fun talking to you. Amy, back in the studio all by yourself. Thank you this for rolling with the punches. It it worked. It Just worked fine. okay. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> let's hope. Uh, let's hope I get my way back to Pittsburgh tonight. I I don't know. Well, I won't change the sheets just yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you all so very much. And Susan, thank you. You're welcome. And bye. 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 Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.